0: Hello and welcome to Bartel Radio. I'm Cass Enright, founder of Bartel.com. We're here today with Finda Mink and Paul Kane from uh, Southern Tier uh, Brewery in Lakewood, New York. Uh, The guys are uh, in town to uh, welcome the launch of the Southern Tier IPA, which has uh, come to the LCBOs uh, very shortly. And they're here in town for a couple of events, uh, a beer dinner and uh, a tasting. Welcome, guys. Thanks, thanks. You know, Southern Tier has been a, a brewery that a lot of people in the the local market here have been a fan of for uh, a lot of years. Uh, most people have discovered it through uh, you know trips to Buffalo or uh, through the private orders through Roland Russell. Uh, why don't you give us a, uh, a little bit of history of how Southern Tier came to be?
1: Um, Southern Tier um, was officially open for business in. Um, February of 2003 um it uh I guess we started the brewery uh I wanted to live in the area in, in Lakewood that's where my wife was originally from and uh um she wanted to live there and that's where we decided it would be the best place to raise our family um, rather than Chicago where we were living before so in, uh, about November of 2002, we, um, started the project. Um, we had a business plan prior to that, obviously, but, uh, we were fortunate to find a couple breweries that, you know, had hardships and closed down their, I guess their hardship was our, uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, our game. Um, so we, we bought the two defunct breweries and kind of, uh, um, Tore out all the equipment, uh, sold off what we didn't want, kept what we did want, and uh, uh, re- rebuilt the two of them together to make, you know, one one functional brewery. Um, so that was about a five-month project. Um, the, uh, the main one that we bought was in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. That took us about uh, two weeks to tear down and about three months to put back together. We even labeled everything appropriately, too, but it just took a long time, so... That's kind of how Southern Tier came to be. Um, we didn't have some great grand scheme of what we were gonna brew or, you know, what 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 markets we were going to go into. We'd, we kind of we just kind of as made it up as we went along a little bit. Uh, we had a couple couple beers that didn't make it and a couple beers that were huge successes. And you know, obviously through the years we've added quite quite a bit of different styles to our lineup. I think right now we have something we produce something like 33 different beers wow year-round so we've really found uh found our calling in like specialties and seasonals and one-offs uh that seems to be you know where the uh, where our consumers are most interested mm-hmm. so
0: yeah the uh you know from my own tastes the beers that you have sort of from the the top down uh, i've always liked but i've especially been a, been a fan of the kind of the bigger beers so I guess the large format which seem to be really unique creations um, did uh, you know t- how did how did some of those really interesting ones come about did they kind of evolve or did you always have a plan to do some really
1: really off the wall ones um not really they just kind of I don't know we just kind of g- get an idea and, and roll with it And that's the, the nice thing th- about those big bottles is the um there's not as much um, startup that goes into them. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're trying to launch a six-pack, you've got, you know, you got so much into the packaging design, and then you've got, you know, all those, all those materials that you have to purchase. So, you know, starting up a, a six-pack is kind of an expensive undertaking, mm-hmm. where when you just, you know, work with the 22-ounce foreman, in our case, for the longest time, you know, in the early days, we didn't really know what. How how much the success they were going to be? We had them screen printed, so I mean it was pretty much effortless. Mm-hmm. And uh, we always said that well let's do this, but we're going to make sure we pre sell everything. So if we went out and we pre sold three hundred cases of Unearthly, then we make three hundred cases, have the bottles printed for three hundred cases, fill three hundred cases, mm-hmm. and so it was. Um, there wasn't a lot of uh, risk involved, mm-hmm. so we were able to kind of experiment a lot more with you know crazy things even if we weren't
0: quite sure if they would be successful in that. Well, I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts about how uh how sort of the, the kind of the beer sales system works down in the states cuz we're used to a government controlled system as you know through getting your product into the LCBO and in Ontario a lot of the brewers when they would experiment with something um sort of unique or off the wall. It's very difficult to get it packaged and into stores. Our brewers really can't do what you do with the, the large formats. And so I'm just I'm curious to know like what what how,
1: like is it is it that it's easier to sell into stores or well we have you've got people that want to buy it? Like well I think I think the, the the biggest function is um I mean a all of our stores in the states are not state controlled. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's you know good or a or bad thing. I'm I, I think that I, I think you have you know to to resemble maybe the LCBO. You have the grocery store chains or something, which mm-hmm. you know they're very powerful because they have multiple chains. So uh, everybody's trying to get their products into those. You know their space is limited. So. If, if that was our only outlet, it would be a little, more, um, a little more tough to move all those products. But then on the other hand, you have small independent retailers that are striving to be different from the chains, mm. and that's how they're going to attract their customers. So I think it's really, um, initially, it's, it's those establishments that, that drive you know, the really um, creative products in craft beer, um, because a, a lot of times those products are not really volume products. So, a lot of the bigger chains and stuff might not even be interested in them because they are only a case here or a case there, but mm-hmm. for small independent retailers that are trying to be different you know and offer unique products, I mean that's okay with them. They'll build their stores so that you know if they can only if they only sell one case over the course of the year, but you know there's that one person out there that comes to their store because mm-hmm. that's what they're looking for, you know that's how they make their money, yeah, so I think that helps somewhat,
0: oh um, yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of precisely one of the things that I know a lot of the beer fans around here have identified as what we lack is specialty stores that can drive um, drive you know, sort of the production of really unique products at the retail level.
1: Anyway. But, but it's also, um, you know, I mean, the consumer has to drive that too. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think that um, we have... I mean, there's there's so many people in the states that you know that's what they're looking for. Yeah. That's what's super cool and interesting to them. They're kind of, I mean, IPAs are great, but holy, cow, there's a lot there's of them. There's a ton. <laughs> and you know, like you look at American Pale Ale, you want to talk about a congested category. So it's a busy one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so all of a sudden you can only drink so many American Pale Ales, you know. Mm. So the uh, the really. Uh, the, the beer advocate is, is looking for, you know, they're exploring, they're looking for that thing they've never had. Okay,
0: so you guys are, uh, you know, your beers come uh, to Toronto or to Ontario through the LCBO. It's joining the general list. Um, what, um, you know, what does it mean to uh, have your beer in Ontario? This is your first, I guess, international distribution? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we've,
1: we've, like, done some small things and other Countries and nothing that 's you know been substantial Yeah. what we just shipped up here, and um, nothing that we ever viewed as like having any longevity so it, it's quite a I, I view it as quite an accomplishment to get our beer into this market it's, it's so close to uh, so close to us and it 's such a huge market that i mean it it made sense it 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 's definitely a project we worked on for a lot of years and mm-hmm. I mean, I think it, you know, was largely, you know, to to the success of it was largely from all the people that were private ordering and, and con- continually private ordering, you know, because it we it happened once and it just became a monthly thing. Oh yeah. That I, I think that's the um, I think that's the key too. If there are products out there that you guys really want, that's the avenue that you have to oh, yeah. private order the heck out of them.
0: Like I mentioned at the dinner, uh, my car's never had more beer in it than when I picked up my Southern Tier order from the LCBO. So it was a a pretty full trunk. I I, (laughs) I wonder, too, if it had something to do with
1: how, just what you were saying before, it's so easy to go across the border and get it. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that the LCBO would prefer that their customers just went to their beer store to buy Southern Tier than. Well, I'd like to think that. the piece (laughs) of crazy. I know. Well,
0: the dollar makes it pretty tempting nowadays. Uh, a couple of years ago, it was uh, pretty rich, uh, buying some beers across the border. But yeah, I think the LCBO sees that you know, a lot of people are doing that, and one way to have people, you know, not is to bring in the stuff that they want. And this is sort of a one. This is a step in the right direction for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think
1: they've, at least from what I understand, they've completely identified that you know people are looking for, mm-hmm. you know specialty products mm-hmm. and, and ho- hopefully we um, we'll have some you know more different things from Southern Tier readily available you know, once this I think this is a, this is the start but hopefully it's a catalyst for more things to come
0: mm-hmm. cool um, what do you guys think of Toronto since I, your since, is this your first time up no I've been uh, oh you've been Paul's, first, Paul's first, first time, time. Oh, you first think, time? Paul?
2: I like it I didn't know what to expect really and uh, I think it's a beautiful city we had fun the farmer's market today. Get plenty of good sausage.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and more to come. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I had a great time last night at the beer bistro. It was a fantastic establishment. I was really impressed by that by that place, the beer selection and the food. Um, so it's exciting for me to come to Toronto. I, I was really impressed so far.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, Beer Beasts is definitely a great place and certainly it's great to have you guys up here um, I know a lot of uh, Torontonians like to uh, take, uh, take road trips um, you know, you guys are from uh, Lakewood, New York, which is a town that I think most people in Toronto uh, won't, wouldn't have heard of uh, or don't know about, so what's uh, do you want, mind telling us about, uh, about the town and uh, maybe for some people that might be curious about coming down for a visit maybe stopping by and saying hi
1: yeah, um, Lakewood is just a small village outside of Jamestown, um, so that that's essentially an hour and a half south of Buffalo. But it's it's a great area. We have a Lake Chautauqua. It's it's a huge lake, great for muskies and walleyes. If you're, if you're a fisherman, <laughs> you f on that lake. Um, but it, it's just a it's just a great lake in the summer. So coming down to Lake Chautauqua in the summer is is beautiful. There's you know, a great little, uh, lake community called Beams Point, where there's about five or six bars right on the water, Cool. everybody takes boats around and docks, and so it's it's a really, really fun spot in the summer, um, it, it's not, not real, uh, we don't have a lot of, uh, Canadians that, you know, own property around there, but there's a ton of people from Pittsburgh and Cleveland, Oh yeah. kind of seems like the... The, all the Canadians don't really make it past Ellicottville. <laughs> no, that's I, true, but that's not a bad thing either. I think we know
0: about Holiday
1: Valley, and but we don't. But after that, it kind of gets blurry. What's down there? <laughs> yeah, there's. I mean, there's some. The, the Chautauqua county is. A, it's a great county. It's. Um, we have another area called Mayville, um, which they're actually building a, um, uh, a culinary school. Um, there's there's like eight restaurants that were opened up. There's a huge like kind of outdoor um, farmers market type, not as extensive as you know the St. Lawrence, mm-hmm. but it's also geared a lot more towards you know like flowers and furniture and sure not as much so agricultural and, yeah meat and stuff.
0: So it'd be a nice uh nice place to come visit for a summer weekend. And obviously
1: you can stop at the brewery Saturdays at four o'clock. <laughs> I hear there's a pub in the brewery as well, or that's I read that on your website. Yeah, it's um we call it the Empty Pint. It was originally the employee break room that we had a tap box with um I think we had it originally had four taps. I'm sure those breaks would keep getting longer and longer over time. <laughs> Well, we, we said one day, let's do tours. You know, people keep asking if they can come and see this place. So uh, we didn't have a liquor license, so we couldn't really sell beer by the pint. Mm-hmm. So instead what we did is we, uh, we sold a tour. So you paid $5 and you got to take a tour, and the $5 would get you a souvenir pint glass and three fills. So was it an was an awesome deal. It was pretty good. a lot of value in that. Yeah. And, uh, so we thought of it as a, a way to attract people initially, and it, it certainly worked. All of a sudden, our little tasting room was, you know, wall-to-wall people, mm-hmm. you know, and after, after a while, they just, they, they were buying the tour, but not going on it. <laughs> so, so that's when we decided that, you know, hey, we should probably, uh, look into getting a liquor license and actually turn it into a bar, so we, uh. Ripped, ripped some holes in some walls and did some renovation and actually uh, um, designed it so it wasn't just a draft box sitting in the middle of a break room and, uh, and and you know, did the best that we could with the space that we had to work with, but uh, now it's a, it's a local favorite. We have, we're open from four to eight on Fridays and, I mean, it's jammed. Great. Um, last year we built a uh, thousand square foot uh, outdoor uh, beer garden slash patio to because in the summers is is when the area gets really busy, so mm-hmm. we needed that we needed that overflow. And then uh, uh, Saturdays we're open from two to eight, and we do a tour uh, four o'clock. It's still a good deal. It's eight dollars now, and you get a glass, and you get to we usually sample anywhere from six to eight beers. It's still a good.
0: Still yeah. It's still a very good deal.
1: Yes, it is.
0: Um, so speaking of your beers, what are uh, what are your guys' personal favorites out of your uh, out of your lineup? Do you have one or two that you really like?
1: Um, my personal favorite this month is uh, the Uber Sun. I'm actually—I uh, don't know if all the the other brewers agree with me, but I I will go as far to label that as the best beer that's ever come out of Southern Tier. Last year that was probably our weakest um, weakest in our seasonal lineup. Mm-hmm. So this year we changed it, and it is wicked good. Yeah. Man. It's, um, I look forward to trying that one we use, uh, we use all centennial hops in it. that's the thing we do Uber Sun is kind of an imperial version of hops on our summer mm. summer seasonal um, which is a nice uh, I guess now they're calling them American Pale Wheats is the latest style that they've been labeled as if you look at Beer Advocate it's uh, in the top five oh, awesome. for American Pale Wheats um, so it's it's not your average wheat beer it's Little happier, filtered crystal clear. Um, and we use all centennial hops so it has that real kind of citrusy grapefruity mm-hmm. thing going on in the house, which I think is great for, you know, a refreshing summer lawnmower beer. But then we have the Imperial version which we call Uber Sun, yeah. which is hop sun
0: cubed on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> now I uh, I know that you have a series
1: called the Blackwater series. Yep. Um, uh, Which what's uh, what are those all about? Um, The Blackwater series is a uh, series that we um, we just we decided that we wanted to make a really big stout. So the first one we did, we called it the Is, the Imperial Stout. Obviously, Mm -hmm. its little catchphrase was "It is what it is." (laughs) And we don't brew that one anymore. We we've talked about bringing it back, but that kind of inspired us to go on this whole like giant Imperial stout quest and um, and so we did one um, we did a second installment which was called, the first installment was only draft hmm. and then yeah. the second installment was the oat which was an Imperial oatmeal stout and we decided to put that in bottles and it did extremely well and then the oat led to the Java, which was our coffee stout and that was um um all done with a uh, guy who roasts beans down the street instead at the Corners Coffee. So, right. so the uh, it's great because the beans actually show up to the brewery and they're like warm, like they just came out of the, wow. the the roaster. So, so that's the Java Stout, and then we decided that we need, you know, they, they had to be like part of a series. So we came up with the Blackwater series, yeah. which actually if you it's, if you look up Blackwater in the dictionary, it's it's like a dark. Dark water, or like cesspool <laughs> well, like pollution, yeah, pollution, water. Pollution water. <laughs> so we've had a lot of a uh, lot of writers write funny things about that.
0: But Luckily, you're changing the definition, um, at least in the world. Well, everyone
2: forgot about that when the Blackwater security agency started gunning down people in the Middle East. So <laughs> yeah. there's all sorts of yeah, great Blackwater the, uh, references. People yeah. always ask me, you know, what's
1: the Blackwater series like, and I always tell them it's, it's like drinking water oil. <laughs> I'm sure to some it is. <laughs> I like, believe it or not, some people would think that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but it, they're great. They're um, they're really unique, very complex, very full bodied robust, just a whole lot going on stouts. Did Which you mention do? the creme brulee? The creme brulee is a new one that we're going to be releasing in June. So I think everybody in Toronto should put their private orders in ahead of time. I oh, know. That's the problem that we've had, too, is that um, a lot of time, by the time it, the pre-orders come to us, we've, we've already sold out the vintages, so it's, it's that, that whole thing is difficult. So I know one thing Roland and Russell was going to work on is trying to get the word out on what products we're going to have, when they're going to be available, so the pre-orders, you know, so that it can happen in the right mm-hmm. time frame, so we can actually get some stuff up to Toronto.
0: Well, I do know that some of the, I know during some of the some of the private orders certain beers have been talked about and then
1: then by the time that it happens they, they're, already, they're already done yeah I mean the it's just it is. they literally you know that's kind of uh, it, it's difficult because we've run a schedule and like I said it's all pre-ordered mm-hmm. and we obviously have a little bit left over and that's kind of what is left for Roland and Russell to pick out of so yeah. they need to be you know or, or everybody that puts their pre-orders in from Toronto has to be in the program not waiting to get yeah. the tail end of it and and then you know we can ensure that the beer is there yeah um because we don't you know we're we're kind of like a a mate to order brewery <laughs> we don't really like to have our products sitting around we're we're you know diehard believers in fresh beer so that's what we try to deliver cool yeah.
0: so creme brulee is coming out i also read that there's a cherry saison yeah that that's okay. so
1: i'll let paul tell you about that one um but they, they back on the creme brulee. It's going to be an imperial milk stout. Um, and it's going to be spiced much like creme brulee with some vanilla beans and cardamom. Um, it's a really interesting beer. It sounds good, creamy, and rich. I'll let Paul describe yep. the cherry saison. We're it's excited about the cherry saison. It's in the works right now. It's
2: on oak right now. Um, has to spend a little more time on the oak, I guess, and um, spend some time on cherries and... Then we'll be probably releasing it mid um, June, I would think, maybe maybe as far as end into July. So it's on the way. So um, kind of kind of stronger. It'll probably be weighing at about a uh, seven or eight percent. Um, it will have a great delicate delicate body. Of course, the flavor of cherries and oak. Um, it'll probably be pretty complex. Be a nice beer. I'm really excited about it. Cool. Yeah, we've that's this is the first beer that we've ever um,
1: played with any type of, like, oak aging. Mm-hmm. So we used them, um, it's called High Vanilla French Oak. Uh, we really wanted to get that whole kind of, like, complex known thing going on in the flavor. Mm-hmm. And um, it's actually a, a blend of two beers. So um, we, we the Cherry Saison was kind of inspired by the heavy bites in that we do, mm-hmm. which you know, heavy Weizen makes you think of a German Weizen, but it's actually more like a a Belgian Saison. For the people that have had that, you know, I, I, whenever I drink it, I I don't, it does not even click in my head that, you know, this is anywhere close to a (laughs) German Weizen. I think in the lower alcohol content, you know, it it would taste like a Weizen, but at 8%, it tastes like a Saison. So we decided, well, let's take that and let's blend it with a, uh, uh, another base that we actually age in oak and cherries, hmm. so it's actually going to yeah. be a blend of two beers. It's going to be very, very unique,
2: very complex. Interesting. And well, it's
0: I noticed it on the Roland Russell uh, price list, so I'm wondering. Hopefully, we can secure a couple of boxes for uh, for the local market up here through one of the orders. <laughs> yeah, they get them in. That <laughs> one. That is a tight one. We had. Yeah, we have pre-sold
1: a huge amount of that, and uh, people, people are, are really, really looking forward to it so Cool. hopefully we don't let anybody down <laughs> yeah
0: oh, oh I just by the fact that we can get the IPA I think that's making a lot of people happy so um well just to wrap up uh, you know what's um you know what's in store for Southern Tier you know where is you know what's the what's the future hold for you guys
1: um well we are we're going to stay true to our commitment of making consistently good beer good. obviously uh that's probably first and foremost um we uh um we've it's been such a creative roller coaster for us lately that we um, would like to kind of get back to where we just are kind of producing into a cycle back to basics back to basics and we don't have any like major products that we're implementing I I say that but this year we're probably not. <laughs> we've got at least six new products that we're pushing in so uh so I <laughs> guess for us that's slowing down a little bit yeah. compared to what we've done every month yeah. over, over the last two years but you know that's that's what we see that's where we see our future Um, we really don't have a lot of interest in becoming some big giant you know six-pack house Oh sure Um, we really like the large format we really like the the creative freedom it gives us we really like to experiment with different styles and different beers and that's you know that's what keeps us keeps us going every day You know, brewing IPA in and out can become a little mon- mundane. Yeah. And as much as we love it, you know, I mean, Fit and Mance is probably my favorite beer of all time. Um, not just because we brew it, I just, yeah. it's just, you know, that beer is just everything that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, so so we'll keep doing the six packs, but our new products are going to be all in a larger format. Great. We've got uh, a new series coming out. That um, it's going to be a cuvee series. We're going to have cuvee one, cuvee two, and cuvee three, and they are all going to be. Um, this is the first series that we're doing that kind of hops is not like the the leader prime <laughs> the ingredient. Yeah. So we're going to try to go um, go uh, more towards uh, different you know different products and emphasize oak. Mm. So we're going to have uh, three different styles with three different varieties of oak. Um, used aged with and uh they're actually going to be in individual boxes themselves um with tasting notes it's going to be a really really nice package and i i think the beer is going to be exceptional wow um so great can't can wait we, to try that. we haven't decided what will actually be one two and three <laughs> but we have a good idea one
0: two and three tbd for the time being
1: yeah
0: on behalf of everybody in ontario uh Thanks for uh, you know, obviously making the effort to uh, have your beer up in uh, the province. I know all the beer fans here are uh, really excited about getting an IPA regularly, and uh, I know uh, we'll continue to uh, support uh, great breweries
1: such as yourselves. So
0: thanks for uh, chatting, and uh, enjoy
1: the rest of your time in Toronto. We will, and thanks to all the people out there for private ordering, and thanks for you know their support. They're, it's really the reason all this happened, so... Keep drinking our beer and we'll keep making it. (laughs) Great. (laughs) We will. (laughs)